Welcome to the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome to the Family Room, and we are so glad to have you with us. As you just heard, I'm Mari Cleveland. I'm here with Craig and John. We are very glad to welcome to the Family Room Katie Warner. And Katie is a national Catholic speaker as well as a best-selling children's book author. Um, She also is the writer behind a really popular prayer journal series, including A Parent Who Prays and A Spouse Who Prays. And she is also the author of a book I first became aware of her through, which is called Head and Heart, Becoming Spiritual Leaders for Your Family. Katie is from here um, in Atlanta, Georgia. She actually went to Blessed Trinity, where my kids went. And she also holds a graduate degree in Catholic theology from the Augustine Institute. And she writes for the National Catholic Register. And she manages katiewarner.com. In addition, if that's not keeping her busy enough, she also is a TV show segment host on EWTN. And she helps other others home um, to the Catholic Church through Catholics Come Home. And she lives and homeschools her children, her four children here in Georgia, along with her husband. So, Katie, we are so glad to have you in the family room with us today. It's so great to be with you guys today. Thanks for having me on the show. Wonderful. Well, Katie, one of the things that we always do is we start with prayer so we can be unified together as we get a chance to dive into more about you and what you can offer as far as experience and wisdom for our listeners. So, Craig, would you open open us up? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we dedicate our time to you. We give our hearts, our souls, our minds, our bodies to you. Everything we have is a gift given to you, by you, I should say, for us. We give it back to you. We ask you to bless this time together, open our hearts up, open the hearts of our listeners up, that Whatever message you have for each of us penetrates our hearts, penetrates our souls, and makes a difference in our lives and the lives of the people around us. We give you everything we have in Jesus' holy and blessed name. We ask for the intercession of Our Lady, and we ask for the blessing of St. John Paul II. We just pray everything, Lord God, for your honor and glory. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. 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 So, Katie, I think you know, Mari mentioned in, in, in the intro, a lot of our listeners uh, local will be familiar with you and your family because you went to Blessed Trinity and uh, went to high school uh, here in Roswell and been part of our Catholic community in Atlanta for, for a long time. And national listeners might actually know you through your dad's work. Catholics Come Home, Tom mm-hmm. Peterson, right, and the great work that he does with television and that ministry uh, at large. But there's a whole lot more to Katie Warner than what we know from those little tidbits, right? And and maybe the best way for our listeners to get to know you is just take a little bit of time and, and kind of walk us a, a bit on your faith journey, how you got to where you are. We want to know the unexpected and the fun stuff too, right? So I just want to make sure I slide that in there. I know, right? That's life with Christ, though. I feel like it's always, that, it, most of it's the unexpected stuff. <laughs> you know, um, I do think my story is 
is one that's just really a testament to God's grace. So in my youth, my dad, as you alluded to, um, left his lucrative secular advertising career to work in ministry full-time. So I was always involved in ministry somehow myself, from passing out donation envelopes in the back of churches to helping on television commercial shoots um, to years later managing our communications, which I still do, which has allowed me to dialogue with literally thousands of fallen-away Catholics Mm -hmm. and others who have questions about Catholicism over the past 10 plus years. So I was really blessed when I was a child to witness my parents' transformation after their own reversion to the faith. So they were always these Sunday mass-going Catholics, but their faith was really ignited in my childhood, and that obviously impacted my sisters and I, who were affected in our own faith by the example that they set. Um, When I was in middle school, I had, you know, more of a powerful personal encounter with our Lord in front of the Eucharist, where I felt him speak very clearly to my heart. It's one of the few times I really heard the Lord's voice audibly, um, that he wanted me to serve him with my whole life and specifically to share and teach the faith. Mm. And as I got older, that desire kept growing, um, really somewhat into an evangelistic fire. So I often say that I miss the junior high and high school Katie who would grab like Strangler sitting on the outskirts of the lunch area (laughs) with no friends. This was back when I attended public school before moving to Georgia and going to Catholic school um, and invite them to our lunch table. And honestly, I was just always on the lookout for any and all opportunities to share my faith and to live my faith in the midst of everyday life. It was really a Holy Spirit driven time in my life in a more obvious way, whereas now the Holy Spirit moves in a much subtler way in the atmosphere of home life. Um, but as, but yeah, as a youth, I, I just wasn't really lured or tempted by a lot of the things that young people are tempted with. I just cared more about going to daily mass and adoration and learning about the life of the saints. And then I hoped to go on to study theology in college. Um, well, I did get to that point, but my initial college experience didn't go as planned. And I ended up back in my hometown studying communication and public relations and professional writing. Again, God is in the details here because he knew that was like that would actually be the perfect foundation for my theology degree and the ministry work that I would go on to do. Um, And then I finally did get to go to the Augustine Institute for graduate school where my almost lifelong dream was realized to be able to study Catholic theology formally. And then after that, this is one of those, you know, another unexpected kind of like God working behind the scenes when I thought I had a plan and God had another plan. But my plan was to go um, get my PhD after I finished graduate school and to teach at the same graduate school. But again, um, God had much better plans. I learned that involved me meeting my husband while I was still in grad school, um, getting married and then starting our family shortly after which launched what now is unquestionably my greatest dream that I'm living. So not the highest educational degrees or the academic prestige, but being at home with my kids, changing diapers, homeschooling, (laughs) and then being blessed by the opportunities that the Holy Spirit continuously provides to get to do some other ministry work in my free time. So um, all of God's grace and really the Holy Spirit directing and redirecting and just reminding me truthfully over and over again to let go of control 
and allow God to live and move through me and accomplish His will, not my own in my life. That is so beautiful, Katie. And as we listen to you, I think we can't help but hear just the joy in your voice, the joy and the passion in your voice. And, you know, listeners, you can't see Katie's face, um, but we can see it. And she just is, is glowing. And I think part of that is that you have found just that joy that comes from your strength comes from the Lord, um, the joy in the Lord that the Holy Spirit leads you. Because as you were telling your story, you know, I've got two kids in college right now. Um, and I think about as you think about, okay, this is where they're going to go. And then they're going to do this and you create your own agenda, you know, and like you were saying, you, you, as you listen to your background, you're like, of course, this is going to be the child who's going straight to Franciscan university. And this is you know, she's going to be, and you said, well, I was there, but then for some reason that wasn't quite where I needed to be. And God brought me to Ken Kennesaw state. And you're like, wait, hold on, you know, back up. The story just changes and shifts. And I love the part of your story where you're sharing with us, God knows, God is everywhere and God knows exactly what you need for what his plans for you are, right? And that his plans are greater and better than you can ever hope and imagine. That scripture verse, I love that one about, it's a more than you can ever hope and ever even imagine. Yeah, and I think right. we can hear it in your voice even. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a, a common adage that says, you know, a mission, your mission is where your deepest passion and the world's hunger meet. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think I really think that's where the joy comes from is being able to find, you know, the world, the part of the world's hunger that God's intending you to feed. Mm -hmm. And then also just what lights you up inside, you yeah. know, and 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 God knows that. So as long as we're uh, able to be open to the Lord's will and and be able to follow those redirections yeah. versus just kind of sticking our feet in the mud. Because I did have those moments where I was like, this was not how it was supposed to be. <laughs> and, you know, and those moments where I couldn't necessarily feel the joy. Yeah. And it's really in that surrender that the joy just comes flooding in to be able to say, not my will, but yours be done, just like Christ modeled for us himself. That's beautiful. And that's so hopeful. And what the way you just said that it goes along with, I came to first know you through your book, Head and Heart. And, and, you know, in that book was kind of the hunger that you had as a, a new wife and your husband had as a new husband and where God met both that hunger and then the gifts that you have as well and the desires of your heart in that stage of your life. Um, so that you, um, you wrote this book. Can you tell us more about the book and, and it's, and it's inception? Yeah, yeah. So, it, like you said, um, my husband was deeply involved in it without really recognizing it at the time. But <laughs> it started with a very vulnerable conversation that he and I had um, sitting in the car on, on our way to Holy Thursday Mass many years ago, um, where he just opened up to me um, just, yeah, in a very vulnerable way about how much he wanted to be a strong spiritual leader for our family, but he didn't really know practically what that looked like. Mm. And so I wanted to be able to help him on his journey, subsequently help myself on, on the journey, because I had a lot of years of, you know, theology and faith study under my belt, but family life is new to everybody when they <laughs> enter into it. And it's one thing to know your faith in theory and a whole nother thing to put it in practice in, in the midst of marriage and family life. So 
that kind of set me on a quest to see what intentional Catholic family life really looked like. And so I interviewed dozens of couples who are just living the faith so vibrantly and beautifully at home. And I combined that with the wisdom of sacred scripture and the church, as well as a lot of very practical strategies to provide somewhat of a roadmap for spiritual leadership in the home. I would say um, that word intentional, intentionality is probably my life word. Mm -hmm. Um, And so much of my passions and interests really center around this idea of doing everything we do with purpose and intention. So we can't expect to happen upon holiness or a really abundant, fulfilling family life. It, it takes the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes, they do the heavy lifting, but we have to take those intentional steps to grow ourselves. Um, St. Francis de Sales has a quote that's one of my favorites. He says, God takes pleasure to see you take your little steps. Mm. And it's in taking these little steps that we're essentially saying to God, okay, now you lead me in this effort of spiritual leadership so I can in turn lead and guide my family toward you. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Well, we're listening to Katie Warner. So all of you who are joining us in the family room. So thanks for joining us, Katie. Thanks for opening your heart up. Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. These are some of my favorite topics to talk about. <laughs> oh, oh. It's, it's, it's great to be with you and do it. No, and we appreciate your joy. But it's beautiful. You know, in a lot of times in the family room, we part of what brought the family room together, quite honestly, was the breakdown between the uh, family dynamic of the father and mother leading spiritually because, you know, John and I have come together and recognized that we've all failed, especially on the man front in leading our families. You've done a good job in, not a good job, a great job in bringing together a unique perspective that uh, I think we've lost today that men and women have a different form of spirituality and The beauty of what you said about your husband was he actually raised his hand, Mm. said, you know, I want to be a part of this. I'd like to be involved in this. And his vulnerability to say, I don't know what that looks like. But in your book, you mention, um, and I think you break it down to the two components of the portrait of a spiritual head and the portrait of a spiritual heart, which should be breaking down how we as men kind of get stuck in our heads and you as women live in your hearts. And, you know, the spiritual head uh, attitude of surrender, humility, boldness, openness to fellowship, which men, we all fail at, by the way. (laughs) And in 2015, you identified St. Joseph, which really didn't come about until this year. So you have a prophetic gift as well. So congratulations. (laughs) And then you've got the, the heart part of it, you know, a habit of sacrifice, quiet trust, reliance on grace, unforeseen strength, and friendship with Mary. A lot from me, but we all want to hear from you. Talk a little bit more about the dynamic, if you would, of your husband in that spiritual lead, even to the point where he tried to step up and protect you in his own way, which kind of led to an interesting story. And then how you both share in that compatibility as a husband and wife with your family. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, you guys. I love this topic. I feel like we could talk for an hour. (laughs) That's our plan. You brought up up a story that's one of my favorites to share. Um, It was seems like many years ago now. I was enjoying a walk around my in-laws neighborhood in Southern California with my then three-month-old son, RJ, who's now almost eight, um, and walking him in the stroller when an unmarked white van started following us from street to street. 
So I quickly made my way back to my in-law's house, finding refuge behind their locked door and a sign on their front gate that notified strangers my dog could make it to the fence in 2.3 seconds. Can you? <laughs> um, so that, that might have told my husband, Raymond, what had happened. And before I could finish the story, he was on Amazon buying pepper spray. <laughs> Two days later, an unusually large box arrived in the mail. This was back before everyone had Prime and before Amazon was, like, regularly sending very odd-sized boxes for different <laughs> products. But um, when Raymond got home he from work, he excitedly opened the package to reveal the thoughtful gift he had purchased for me. Out of the box came a giant can of pepper spray, which, in my opinion, <laughs> bore a closer resemblance to a fire extinguisher. <laughs> than the little perfume-sized defense mechanism that I was expecting to see. So according to the manufacturer, it would create a far-reaching pepper fog if diffused in the direction of a potential threat. <laughs> Unfortunately, what Raymond was very serious about, I thought was a joke. And as I chuckled, <laughs> right, as I chuckled, his heart sank. His hopes of guarding me to the nth degree crushed under the weight of my inappropriate laughter because all he wanted to do was to protect me. And instead of being receptive and grateful and sporting a new ready to conquer evil villains in the neighborhood attitude, um, I was unsupportive and demotivating. Um, it was after I came around and sincerely apologized that that, you know, gigantic gunboat of pepper spray became <laughs> one of my favorite gifts that I've ever received from him. Because it reminds me of his fundamental masculine nature, that God specifically gave him the gift and responsibility of protecting, guarding, and leading his family. And then while God gave him those uniquely masculine leadership gifts, he likewise gave me uniquely feminine gifts. And so when the two of us came together in marriage, we were given the opportunity to become a real force for spiritual good for our family mm -hmm. because God designed us to complement one another, mm -hmm. to be subordinate to one another's strengths, and then to capitalize on each other's uniquely masculine and uniquely feminine gifts to help lead and love each other and our family toward heaven. So I'm really... I'm really constantly, like many years later, still in awe of God's design for marriage in this way and how he made men and women to be truly complementary to one another. Because I think all of us really struggle with that tendency to think our way is the better way mm -hmm. or, you know, to project expectations on others, especially our spouse. But I'm reminded over and over again how unique my husband is as a person, as a son of the Heavenly Father, as a spiritual leader in our home. He prays differently than I do. He leads differently than I do. Um, Mari, in a previous chat that we had, you mentioned how, um, you know, sometimes you're busy talking about Jesus while your husband's busy being Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that just rings so true for me because I, I do think that's just a tendency that everyone can relate to is thinking, like, this is how to be Christ-like. This is how to be holy. And then expecting that our spouse is going to fit into that mold. And I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to kind of put a little bit of the blame on the women here for this because I, I do think there's some elements of the spiritual life that can come very naturally to women and our mm -hmm. feminine gifts that mm -hmm. I just, you know, was referring to in that story, that we kind of have that natural disposition to be pious and to lead our children closer to the heart of the Lord. And, you know, and so we can sometimes expect our husband to lead in a very similar way, but God 
paired us with this man because he's meant to lead in a different way. And at least in the case of our house, that really happens first and foremost through the strong masculine example that he sets, which our children can see. So my husband's a good teacher too, but it's more what he does than what he says mm -hmm. that really rubs yeah. off and makes an impact on our whole family. That makes great sense. And you're, you're, I really love how very practical and tactical your, how you discuss this, uh, these topics, uh, Arcadia. It just, it makes sense. It's very real. And, and it seems like as you were writing the book, it was kind of for you and, and, and for your husband, um, yeah. But there's a lot in there for all of us. And um, maybe how did how did God use the book to bless you and, and your family? And then I think even in there, there's some leadership actions and maybe help us think through all that because you have a very tactile understanding of this. Yeah, thanks. You know, I, I in terms of it blessing our family, I want to I'll, I'll I'll start that by kind of backtracking to what we were talking about with the complementarity, because, um, you know, one thing we had talked about is like, how can we support each other in our roles as mm -hmm. spiritual leaders. And that's often a question that I get um, a lot when I'm talking on this topic, specifically like how wives can support their husband as spiritual leaders, if they have that common dynamic of, um, of the tension of wanting to see that kind of, you know, spiritual leadership, but it's, it's the kind that they envision in their head that might not be what reality is. And so some of the things that have worked for us, and I think this book also really bore fruit in this particular area of our lives, um, are things like praying. You know, I first and foremost prioritize praying for my husband. So, you know, I know that God God wants him to be a strong spiritual leader even more than I do and, and vice versa. And so to be constantly praying for each other, that we become the spiritual leaders and the saints that God made us to be. And then um, another uh, really helpful thing has been to not push, but invite. So to constantly be inviting each other you know, giving, extending that invitation to prayer, extending that invitation to grow in faith somehow, whether that's through fasting or, you know, leading the family in a new spiritual activity or exercise to make sure it's been done from an atmosphere of invitation mm. rather than argument. Um, another one is just to be the most convincing disciple of Christ that you can possibly be. So sometimes when I get in that mode, <laughs> you should be holy like this. And then I realize, no, actually, I, like I just need to turn and look at myself and say, how can I be holy? Because the lives of the saints tell that story. You know, they they didn't go around telling everybody how to be holy. They themselves were so holy that 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 virtuous life naturally rubbed off on the people around them. And the story of St. Louis and St. Zelie Martin and their extremely holy family, you know, St. Therese of Lisieux being the most common of their children, um, you know, who's the doctor of the church and one of the most famous saints in all of history, is just such a testament to this idea that focusing on your own personal holiness is only going to be of benefit to your mm. family rather than perpetually focusing on the splinter, you know, in your spouse's eye, you know, turn, turn and look at the log in your own. And then also to just... Um, recognize like we were you know over the years i've been able to recognize more the impact that our children have you know mm -hmm. on our mm -hmm. own spiritual growth both my husband and i and then and then also that there's no time frame you know i think sometimes i have the kind of personality where i, I just want to like wake up and be like a thousand times holier than i was yesterday <laughs> but going and 
you know, and same with my husband, he knows I project that on him too. But back to that St. Francis de Sales quote, that God takes pleasure to see you take your little steps. That's really what we're after is recognizing there's no time frame here. God has us all on our own unique path and we need to, you know, be on that path from a place of peace and patience, you know, rather than expediency. And so the book, honestly, in so many ways continues to bear fruit in our lives. Like, um, coming up with a family mission. We can talk about that a little bit more later if you want to get into some mm-hmm. of the practical mm-hmm. aspects mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. other yep, people can um, Yeah, um, but also just the, the head and heart really grounded us in the fundamentals. That's beautiful. You know, we want, to, we want to prioritize our faith in this phase of life with young children. And it's really to get really easy to get caught up in the daily de- details of who needs to be where and what work needs to get done and the chores that have to be, you know, accomplished and the dinner that needs to be made. That stopping to assess where we are in our family's spiritual life kind of helps us cut through that clutter to make sure that we're really prioritizing what's most important. Mm. That's that's, That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. It's not surprising that, you know, when you quote St. Francis de Sales and, and, and just speaking as a husband and I think as a male in general, we do tend to do, do better with the little things, unless, of course, it's pepper spray. Um, <laughs> but we but it doesn't take much like just one thing. And your husband was out ready to get you, you know, that that thing to protect you. I think as men, it doesn't take a lot. Do a little bit and a man will carry gas through fire for his spouse. Right. And you seem to have discovered that. That is beautiful. Yeah. And I love how you talk about the inviting of your husband. So listeners, I know if you're like me, you're taking notes on what Katie's saying. Just so you know, we do have show notes. So if you go onto our website at thequestatlanta.com, you will see show notes that go along with this show. And we've got a wonderful assistant producer, Sarah, who volunteers and writes those out for us. So you'll have a link to Katie's book that we're talking about head and heart becoming spiritual leaders as well as her other books as well as some of these wonderful quotes like the quote from saint francis de sales so um you'll have some of that as well in the show notes um and katie your thought made me really think about with my husband i know that um he does live his like i said he is jesus while i just talk about jesus right (laughs) and but he lives his faith in a different way and the invitation piece really resonated with me as a woman because i know as women we do kind of like eve from the very beginning and the guys and i have talked about that before you know push the apple on him give him the apple come on honey this will make us even better right and i know when i was at at my um parish I was very involved in CHIRP, Christ Renews His Parish, for some of those of you who know CHIRP. And CHIRP is just not a thing for my husband. It just wasn't his style. And everybody kept saying, we'll invite him, we'll get him to come. And I said, leave him alone. That's just not his style. So I was protecting him. But instead, I learned about... um, Amigos for Christ in Nicaragua, where you go down and you work in the heat and you dig ditches and you bring water lines into beautiful remote villages in the jungle. And I was like, that's my husband. And so I invited him. Right. And at the time, my son was our son was like 12. And so I said, you guys go ahead. You know, would you like to do this? And I stepped out. I didn't even go the first time. Well, that invitation led to the two of them going for seven years in a row and my son being a short term missionary in Nicaragua. But it was just where's my husband's strength, his gift, his passion, his desire, and just offering. And then he just took it. And it was beautiful what happened with that. That's so great, Mari, because I I really do think that's where the joy comes in family life is letting each other be the unique person that God made you to be. Yeah. You know, not not made in our own image, but made in Christ's image and likeness. And that's going to look different for each one of us. And, you know, for your husband, that meant less 
sharing, you know, verbal yes. sharing, yes. and more serving God with his hands and his feet, you know, exactly. which I think a lot of men can resonate with. Exactly. So listeners, if you are just joining us, you are listening to AM 1160, The Quest. We're here in the family room with Katie Warner. We're heading to break, and when, we'll, when we come back, we'll be back with a lot more wisdom from Katie. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Healthcare providers should care about health, right? Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's healthcare services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not healthcare. Abortion kills. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States with 700 abortion facilities. And in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 innocent American lives. This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. We're back in the family room, sponsored by Versprite, right here on AM 1160, The Quest. Uh, We've been having conversation with Katie Warner here. And again, Katie, thanks for joining us. Uh, As you know, uh, every time we have a show we ask people what's your favorite family room memory whether it was growing up or whether it's your current family um whether it's a pepper pepper spray story again um (laughs) what's what's your favorite memory from a family room and where did it come from yeah so 
we try to keep the pepper spray out of the family room. Oh, good. Good call. That's a really good call. Especially with little kids. Could you imagine that? Yeah. I'm sure it's not entirely surprising, but I'm very much a bookworm. So when we are all gathered for a read aloud in the living room, I'm at my happiest. The conversations and the memories that we build around books is just irreplaceable. And I think Catholicism is really a reading culture. You know, the more we, the more time we spend in God's Word, in the life of the saints, in great spiritual books, and also just quality literature that reflects what is good and true and beautiful together as a family, I think the closer our relationships are with each other and the more we draw closer to the family and the individual people that God made us to be. So um, that's, I mean, I'm constantly curating book lists. In fact, if any of your uh, uh, listeners are interested, I have several book lists on my Amazon store, so we'll have to get that in the show notes. Um, because I just love sharing book recommendations for both kids and adults because of the conversations and the memories that we created around books as a family. Awesome. That is great. Well, um, so Katie, we were just talking about, we're going to talk about several of your books, but we were just talking about your book, Head and Heart. And I noticed I actually have a signed copy. I feel very privileged to have a signed copy. And when you signed your copy, you actually wrote Galatians 6, 9 along in your copy of, um, in your sign under your signature, which is from Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow tired of doing good for in due time, we shall reap our harvest if we do not give up, would you share with our listeners, with us, all of us, why that verse is so meaningful for you? So it is just amazing how the Lord works, because these days I'm signing a lot more children's books than Head and Heart, which is published many years ago now. And I had honestly completely forgotten having used that verse. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> But I got chills when, when you brought it up, because... The Word of God is living and active, and this is the wisdom that I didn't know I needed to be reminded of, mm. you know, seven years later. And obviously, the Holy Spirit knew that this verse is just so critical for the persistence and the pursuit of holiness in family life, mm. because family life is not always going to be easy. It gets messy and hard, sometimes really hard, mm -hmm. but we can't tire of doing good, because if we don't give up, as St. Paul reminds us here, right, we shall reap our harvest. Not we might reap a harvest, mm. we will. So that presumes that we don't tire of doing the good, though. We don't tire of loving, of sacrificing, of growing in virtue, even when it's tough and painful and we just don't want to. We must carry our cross, fulfill our mission to love, and our life's purpose to be saints. And I think Galatians 6, 9 reminds of that so beautifully yeah now that's incredible because i think oftentimes we say i said my prayer i've done my duty or i've lived my marriage and i'm done and it's yeah. like no you got to stay in it you got to i hate to say it some days you got to keep grinding it out you got to keep living it you've also mentioned a couple of things that i think are, are interesting too one is discernment because you mm -hmm. talked about how i made this decision got it a different plan and i made the move right. i made the change so when you look at it, so now you've been married more than a couple years, a <laughs> lot less than all of us put together, by the way. I think we figured out we're 95 years of marriage together, not together to each other, but together to our spouses. I can tell you my version of marriage today after almost 32 years is very different than it was 32 years ago when we got married. Not in a bad way, just in a very different way. Look back at your book, close your eyes, look back at your writing of the book. Now project yourself forward and say, all right, if I had to redo this book, 
What would I add to it? What might I change based on the fact that now I've been living what I said I wanted to live eight years ago or whatever, whatever 2015 is when it got published. Now that I've lived it, how would I change it? Or how would God change it? I mean, again, using your discernment mentality, how would God alter it a little bit? Yeah, that's a great and really hard question, Craig. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I might add to head and heart um, because there is so much I have learned um, from when I just had one baby, you know, in my lap as I was writing it to where I am now. But there all there probably isn't much I change about it in terms of deletion or editing, because yep. which I really think is just a testament to how the Holy Spirit was working through that project and the people that he had me learn from and the stories that he had me share. Because even prior to this, to our conversation, I was flipping through the book and really just kind of amazed. I thought I would open and like cringe. <laughs> and, I, I, and I really was surprised as I was going back through it, just however relevant the content was, even for me now, many years later. And so I, I really attribute that entirely to the Holy Spirit. But, um, you know, I, I did, as I mentioned, I did write the book when my oldest was only six months old. So I have a lot of family life under my belt now, not nearly as much as you guys do, but I am amazed at how much the Lord has used my children to teach me. So first and foremost, I would say that an updated version would include so much of the wisdom gained through the very real work of parenting and learning from our children, who we know our Lord considers among the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I also love the book as it is in terms of its approach with stories and relevant action steps, but I also would love to add even more practical strategies, you know, for things like how to prioritize prayer in the home, ideas for growing in virtue, living out Catholic culture, some of the nitty gritty, this is exactly, you know, these are some of the things we do in our house. I would add even more of that because sometimes those ideas can just be really helpful when families are trying to figure out what they can do very practically to accomplish these goals in spiritual leadership in the home. Um, you know, I, I, so I know, I know your listeners love practical takeaways. I don't know if you want to go into some of those ideas of practicalities or take it in another direction first, but I'm happy to share with you kind of some of those practical things too. I want to talk about some distractions, but let's go to the practical things because that's most relevant okay. for, I think you talked about family mission. You want to take a few minutes on that. Let's go practical. Yes. That's, that's what people can walk away and do something about. So, um, okay. Mission. This, this is one still many years later, one of my favorite topics because um, so back when I had written Head and Heart, I interviewed Pat Lencioni, who's a New York Times bestselling author and the founder, founder and CEO of the management consulting from the Table Group. But most people in the Catholic world know him from The Amazing Parish. And at the time I interviewed him, he had written, he had already written numerous bestselling business books, you know, selling millions of copies around the globe. But among those titles, there was a book that was unique from the others called The Three Big Questions for a Frantic Family. And in that book, Pat applies his leadership and management techniques specifically to family life. It, it's a great book, but it never sold nearly as many copies as his business books do. And Pat told me he thinks it's due to personal priorities. He said, you know, people are willing to invest time and energy into running businesses, but when it comes to their family, they think, oh, I don't need to do that. And so over the years, Pat noticed that organizations that fail to clarify a vision for their future devolve into what he calls the generic or unintentional. So if the family is the most important organization in our lives, 
then why are we often so unintentional about the direction our family is moving in and the way we're building relationships and living out the faith at home on a day-to-day basis? Because none of us want our family life to devolve into something generic or unintentional. So years ago, Pat and his wife, Laura, decided to apply some of these business tools that he was using to Fortune, with Fortune 500 companies at home with their kids. And what they realized was that families really need a mission, some sort of guiding purpose for their marriage and family to guide them toward intentional living. And I kind of mentioned earlier as we were talking that as parents, we can get up kind of caught up in the daily details. Today I need to do these chores, read these books, get this child to soccer practice and this child to the dentist. And, you know, the list goes on, right? Mm -hmm. That we don't stop to discuss that overarching vision for our family life and a defined direction that we want to move our families in over time. But if we do take the time to come up with that family vision or mission or motto or core strategies, it's not just helpful for us as the spiritual leaders who can then lead our family toward achieving those goals, you know, based on decisions and things we've already said we wanted to prioritize as a family, but it's also helpful for our kids who can then know what we're about as a family. Mm. So years ago, my husband and I did the mission building activity um, that I outlined in my book, Head and Heart. But since then, I've actually made a course for it that's super inexpensive on my website for people who want to do the mission course but don't necessarily want to get the book um, so that families can take time to do this as couples, maybe even invite their older children, you know, to get involved if they have kids that they feel like can really participate into it, um, participate in it, because whatever we measure gets our attention, right? So math scores, reading levels, sports rankings, you know, <laughs> coming up with family rules or strategies really helps you measure progress in the areas of your family life that you have deemed most important. Um, The saints had mottos. Religious orders have mottos and rules of life. And so, you know, knowing your family's mission, you know, knowing your purpose really helps you know and stay the course and continue on that road to holiness that God has in mind for your family. Wow. Purpose and intentionality. I think I've heard it five times in this conversation and heard it from other people. I mean, seriously, I know I fly by the seat of my pants too often. And you take, you take a step back again at my age and you look and go, wow, had I been more intentional to your point about the little steps, you look back yeah. and go, had I been more intentional, those little steps would have been much more impactful than me, right. like tripping on myself, taking those little steps. So I appreciate the reminder about purposefulness and intentionality. Yeah. And, and I do think it was interesting because I was talking to a diocese a week or two ago and, and someone had asked, you know, they, they kind of asked a question to the effect of like, it's too late for me, you know, mm. so what now? Or it's too late for my family, so what now? And I just, I just don't agree. It's never too late. You know, like even when we learn the lives of the saints, there's saints who go through major conversion experiences late in life. Mm-hmm. And so never too late to kind of have that impact that in you know to to adopt a lifestyle of intentionality especially when it comes to our faith um and even in a way that it still impacts adult children um because we do have you know there is a continuing influence that parents have on their children throughout their entire lives and so sometimes we can underestimate that impact but like we were talking about earlier you know there's just holiness is just, it's contagious. You know, it, that, that life of virtue really overflows far outside of yourself and out of your home to bless other people. And so there, there's never an age at which you're, you know, that you've lost the opportunity to live an intentional life of faith. 
that leads to another set of questions that we really wanted to try to dive in on, Katie. It's distractions. We talk about our culture as being secular, and secular sounds like a big word. I would say dummy that down to distractions. Our society is full of distractions. Facebook and social media has you comparing yourself. It's like going to a high school or college reunion every 15 minutes and happen to impress everybody. <laughs> that's, a, that's just a disaster uh, to think about. Um, for, for men, we've got pornography and, and the evils that come up there. For women, they, we keep telling them that they got to go out and get in the business world and do these things. And so, I see so many professionals who are awesome, but who just ache to be a mom and, and yeah. want to be with their family. And it hurts them emotionally, I don't mean like psychologically, I mean, this is, this is a challenge to them for them to leave and, and do what they need to do. T take a minute and, and help us understand why it's so important to understand that there are roles for moms and are roles for dads. And there's a reason to be a homeschooling mom as you are. Help put some perspective around yeah. that if you could. No, that's so, that was so well put, John. I completely agree with everything you said because those challenges are real and they do make us question our primary vocations, you know, in a way perhaps unique to our times and our culture. Mm -hmm. um, but, but we were made for this time, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and we were made for these roles. Our roles as husband and wife, mother and father, spiritual head and spiritual heart are the primary road to holiness for most of us. Mm -hmm. So, and by most of us, I'm, you know, excluding nuns and monks, you know, like most of us, this, this is our path to holiness. So this is where our greatest effort and passion and attention and intentionality must be. So, and yes, it's hard because our work of, you know, our work in the home is largely unnoticed. We can put so much effort um, into a job that we often don't receive any credit or recognition for. Oh boy, yeah. It involves spending our energy waking up each day to love our family a little more than yesterday and grow a little bit more in holiness. But this is virtue. Mm -hmm. Dedicating oneself to spiritual leadership within the home means a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. That's the definition mm -hmm. of virtue, right? Mm -hmm. Promptly, consistently, with ease and with joy, even and especially when no one is watching but God alone. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of virtue that we need to really be the husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, spiritual heads and hearts that God made us to be. I'm constantly amazed that when I turn my greatest focus and excitement inside my home and toward my relationship, first with the Lord, then with my husband and then my children, that there's a sense of fulfillment and peace and joy for life that no other job or other ministry effort really holds a candle to. Mm. That is beautiful. Blown away. Blown away. I yeah. know. Wow. You know, it's interesting, and this is a little off topic, but I know some of our listeners don't have kids at home anymore, and they're empty nesters. I just became an empty nester, and it was interesting, Katie. You know, you said you're in, in adoration, and you're asking God different things, and it was very clear for me because I love to go out and build community. You know, I built community with other moms at a lot, a lot of different places in my parish, at my kids' high school, and God told me as I was praying about the new role as being an empty nester, and I wanted to be intentional, like you said. I want to grow in virtue at, as I continue in my life. I mean, I'm not hung up just because my kids are— off to college, but he said, your husband is now your community. And it was a mm -hmm. whole new way for me to think about the intentionality of turning inward, right? And turning into my home and saying, okay, he's now my community. How do I pour into him in a new and a different way? 
Um, and God's going to fulfill, fulfill that. And God's got plans for us as a couple now. So I think for wherever you are in your life, whether you're a young mom or young dad with young kids, or whether you're kind of in this middle stage where we've got kids who've gone off, um, he still has a really strong plan for you. Or if you're single, there is a special place and purpose where he wants you to focus and be intentional about growing in virtue in relationship within a family, whatever that family looks like for you. If you're single, it might be with your siblings or with your parents or whatever. Hey, everybody, if you're just joining us, you're listening to The Family Room, and we're talking to Katie Warner. Katie is the author of Head and Heart, Becoming Spiritual Leaders for Your Family, and we're talking about so much more. So, Katie, you know, we talked a lot about head and heart, but God really took that joy that you have, those those dreams, those desires you have, um, and he continued to use them for, for his purposes and for your joy. Can you tell us a little bit more about where did God take you after the initial book that you wrote? Yeah, I, you know, I'm really grateful that the Lord has continued to open very obvious doors for my next ministry effort. So I still write and speak on a lot of faith formation topics and help others through Catholics Come Home. But a large focus of my ministry now is on Catholic children's books. Mm. Um, we have a growing collection at firstfaithtreasury.com. And it is insanely fun and rewarding. Um, it's really a blessing to be able to do ministry that directly speaks to the season of life that I'm in with my own family in each stage. And I feel like that's kind of the fun ride that the Lord has me on right now is seeing needs um, and, you know, stages in my own life, and then being able to find an outlet for that in ministry to share some of what, you know, I've learned or what the Lord has specifically taught me through that stage and, you know, that need to others. It's an interesting dynamic. And thanks for reminding me of that. Our relationship with God and through Christ is never static. It's Mm -hmm. very dynamic. So, What I did yesterday is only relevant in how I look at it today through the eyes of God, how I let him enter into the moment. Because to your point, it's really easy for me to look back and say, had I known all this, Katie, had you and I met when I was younger and you were the same age you are now getting into marriage, I could say, boy, I could have done a lot better job. And I have a beautiful 23-year-old daughter and I have a great 18-year-old son, and I can look and say, man, I screwed this up because I didn't have a lot of these tools. But one of your points that's so relevant is that God's the God of today, tomorrow, forever, the past, present, future. And he entered into my relationship today, and he can have an impact. It's not about me. I mean, this we've talked about this on this mm-hmm. show in the past. It really is not about me other than my willingness to surrender whatever's going on to God. Let him enter in and stand back with that. What I love, and again, our listeners cannot see you. We see you on a Zoom call. The beautiful joy in your face, that face that's like, God's doing amazing things in my life every single day. I wrote the book back then. It's not over with. He's got a new chapter. There's a new chapter for Mari, John, and I in this in this life. And God's going to impact all of that stuff. You know, Talk a little bit more about some of the books you have written. What was compelling about the ones for your children's books now? And is there anything else on your heart that you can see God putting there kind of saying, you know, here's here's another phase. You talked about the seasons of your life. We are all in different seasons. Can you mention some of that? And very complex statement i apologize no it was it was so good craig i'm like i want to comment on a billion things Please. <laughs> <laughs> Go. question first and 
hormones saying, I could definitely mess this up too, save for the grace of God. You know? <laughs> okay, we'll pray I for know. you, Katie. <laughs> you know, thank you. Thank Thanks you. for being I, human. I, yeah, right, right. Well, I have, I have these tools, right? But there's still the, the action of waking up every day and then living up to the ideal, you know? So, and that's where the grace of God comes in. That's also where we need to remind ourselves that our children all, ha- all have free will, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I know so many families who raised very, you know, raised their kids in a very intentional Catholic home and their and their child has chosen to wander away from the faith. So we do have to remember that element too, where God is working and the culture is working. And, you know, we there's so much of family life that we do have to offer to God as a gift and say, I'm placing everything in your hands. And that's, that's the best I can do, you know. But um, in terms of some of my other books and, and ways that you know, ministry is kind of speaking to the phase of life that I'm in. One of the projects that I've done in the past few years that we've talked about in the past are my prayer journals. Mm. Years ago, I wanted to be more intentional and consistent in how I prayed for my husband and my kids. So I created a resource that I needed for myself. And thanks be to God, you know, a spouse who prays, a parent who prays, a grandparent who prays, and the others in the series have really blessed a lot of other people, too, because the journals lead you in praying for an increase in the virtues, in um, relationship with Mary and the sacraments and all sorts of other intentions for your spouse and your children, and then also includes space for writing your own unique personal intentions. And it's all structured in a really simple one-page-a-week format, which makes it actually doable. And the whole thing has been so fruitful in my own prayer life. And again, a project that was definitely a nudge from, you know, from the Holy Spirit from the very start, because I knew this is, you know, this is something I think the Lord is calling me to is really being more intentional in praying for my family. Um, Because there's really no more efficacious gift I can give them than just my intentional prayers. And then, and then, yeah, with the children's book work, a lot of the stories that I've written have come from you know, our, our own family experiences, whether that's wanting to teach my kids the fundamentals of silent prayer and listening for God. That book's kind of funny because um, the title is Listening for God's Silence Practice for Little Ones. And I didn't know how popular it would be just with young parents going, silence for little ones. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but just teaching our kids the fundamentals of prayer, inspiring our kids to be saints um, through some of our other stories and different books that also help young children engage in the math. You know, it really has been an adventure that leaves me um, always excited for what's to come because I'm, I don't kind of orchestrate what my next project is going to be or ministry endeavor. It really is a matter of waiting to see what God just flops in my lap. And I, I think people who aren't even into, you know, writing books or, you know, doing very concrete ministry, but are just at home with their kids, which again is my favorite ministry effort, he'll do that for you there too. Where the more you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the more you're asking the Holy Spirit to work in your lives and just listening for his promptings throughout the day, he's going to do that. Just continuously dropping this next effort, even if it's just an effort, not just, even if it's the supreme effort, you know, to grow in certain virtues that you lack mm, in. That's a whole nother show right there. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do I hear the Holy Spirit better? How do I discern it? And then how do I act right. on it? Right. Now that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so Katie, as you were saying all that, that's exactly our goal here on the family room is that we are here to offer hope and encouragement and wisdom for all listeners who are listening, you know, how can we hear God in our lives? We all know we have a purpose only because he's given us a purpose, but that's such a beautiful 
opportunity to be in family, in community, in marriage, especially. We are so thankful that you've been on with us. Again, you'll find all of these um, ways to connect with Katie and all of the projects that she has going on through our show notes. Katie, would you bless us and our listeners by closing us in prayer? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to lead us in a beautiful prayer by St. Augustine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work, too, may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I may always be holy. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Katie Warner. Thank you, all listeners. And please join us again next week in the Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.